for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Celine Ellis. How's it going today, Celine? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just enjoying this hot weather. I went out to go get some breakfast because I woke up this morning, realized I didn't have any breakfast, like breakfast food. And yeah, so I got to experience the unseasonably hot weather very early in the morning, so... It was I've a, been doing some uh, garden work today as well because oh. the, the weather is so good here as well. Nice, nice. So I put out a, we're going to jump right into this because I put out a Instagram question the other day and I didn't get a consistent answer. In your okay. opinion, when's a good time for somebody not from the UK to visit the UK? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it depends on what you want to see. I think depends on what you want to experience. Just while a you're here. generally enjoyable experience. Just yeah. Enjoyable. So, yeah. If it's yourself, Tom from Texas, I wouldn't advise coming in the winter because it just rains and it's very grey. Mm-hmm. So coming in the summer months, same actually now is probably a, a really good time. It's not too hot. Uh, London's kind of nice and alive. The countryside here is kind of coming to mm-hmm. coming to life again after the after the winter. They kind of coming to the end of spring, early summer. Mm-hmm. Always a good time, I think. Yeah, because I was looking at September, like in that book. Yeah, September. Or, yeah, no, that's also a good time, I think. Yeah, because it, like I've since we started doing this podcast uh, remote or remotely like it is now, because it used to be like in person and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that we do it on Zoom and we can work with people all over the world, I've where we've started making friends in the UK and Australia, New Zealand, like just all over. And now it's getting to that point where it's like, Oh, Hey, you need to like come visit. And it's like, okay, let's figure I, I this map out. Yeah. I think after the last couple of years as well, where everyone hasn't been able to visit anybody, I think yeah. it's uh, everyone's keen to kind of get out and about and travel now. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, actually, I was kind of surprised how cheap tickets are to like London. And, oh, wow. Okay. Like for me, I was thinking it's like thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's really no, not, not. so much. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could probably make this work quicker than I thought I could. So, <laughs> but that's, that's neither here nor there. I was literally bored Thursday and I was just like, oh, how much is a flight to London? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I can make that work. All right, let's figure this out. <laughs> so, but um, really excited to have you on, really excited to learn more about you and what you got going on. Uh, Rachel speaks very highly of you. So um, oh, I love Rachel. She's superb. Yeah. Yeah. But she was actually one of the, like our second person that we talked to from the UK. We had one guy that was randomly from the UK. And then because of that interview, we met Rachel and she introduced us to pretty much I want, I'm not going to say every musician in the UK because that's not fair, but it, you know, <laughs> like our door. All the ones that you spoke. Yeah. Yeah, every, yeah. So it's uh, pretty cool. And uh, we love working with Rachel and really glad that we were able to get this to work because I know we were supposed to 
do a podcast back in March when the EP originally released. Yeah. And yeah. It just took a minute we to try to, and get it rescheduled. Yeah. So. And then we uh, rescheduled to when I was on vacation, which uh, wasn't going to work. So yeah. here we are in May. Yep. Third time lucky. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So, um, First off, uh, for anybody that's getting just getting to meet you for the first time, uh, people that follow Live and Amplified or just the random people that stumble across the stream or the podcast, uh, kind of take a minute to introduce yourself and uh, explain who you are, where you're from, and what you're about. So my name is Celine. Uh, I often get, oh, it's like Dion, are you a singer too? And I'm like, yeah, I actually am a singer too. So uh I did at one point kind of just use my surname as like an artist name, but that got really confusing with a lot of things as well. So I'm Celine Ellis, not Dion. Um, I love music. I've been writing songs and performing since I was 16, 17 years old, which is a few years ago now. Um, I've been in many bands over the years. And after I took a bit of a break, I've had a falling out with music for a few years. And uh, one of the benefits for me of the recent lockdowns we've had is that I kind of fell in love with songwriting again and I'm writing and now recording and releasing my own music for the first time in 10 years. So um, that's where I'm at at the minute. I'm kind of uh, tried it in my home studio while we were kind of in lockdown and um, now I'm back out in a proper recording studio working with some awesome musicians and uh, now we're allowed to. I'm back out on on the road again, kind of playing shows and 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 meeting new people all over the place at the minute. So, loving life, Tom. Yeah. Loving life. That that's the exciting part is like the fact that we've had all had a year. Some people only had like a year, like a year, year mm-hmm. and a half, where we could just really sit down and double down on whatever our passion was because there wasn't much outside interference unless you had a job and you were just working crazy hours. But, mm. you know, you were able to kind of sit down, double down and, uh, yeah, really focus on your passions in life. And for a lot of musicians, that was music, whether it was a project that they've wanted to do, like a dream project or start exploring their own creative processes, as totally, a solo musician, yeah. which has been very interesting. Like I've talked to a lot of musicians that were parts of other bands. They were like a bass player in a rock band or whatever. And it's like, you know what? I think I want to start exploring my own path and playing my own music. And then now they've got a second career or not a second career, but a second avenue of. Absolutely. Oh, hey, I've got like three days off of the, with this band, I'm going to go book like two shows in Texas and take a drive, you know? Nice. It's a, I think that's where, where, where I'm at as well, really, because when I've written songs for, you know, 20 odd years and mm-hmm. more than that, probably now, yeah, 20 odd years. And I never really felt where my music fit in, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone wants you to put it in a genre box. Yeah. And I never really felt where my music fit comfortably. Um, and uh, it's only since I actually started writing again back towards the end of uh, 2019 that I discovered the UK country music scene and kind of was like, oh, this is where my music belongs. This is where my songs are kind of sit nicely in this, in this world we've created here in mm. the UK. Uh, and uh, I kind of felt the kind of enthusiasm and inspiration to kind of really kick, kick off and, mm. and, and write and record and get back into music again in a big way. Mm-hmm. 
So for me, it's that kind of that, like you've said, that rediscovery or that new discovery. I've always loved country music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think that my music sits kind of on the edges of country Americana, mm-hmm. a little bit of rock, a little bit of pop. It's kind of a, a blend, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that roots, roots influence in there. And um, but I found now that I've found this kind of community and this this music scene here in the UK and the greater one that I've now kind of expanding into across the US and in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm absolutely loving being part of it. Yeah. What I love about the UK country scene is I've been following it now for about two, two and a half years, ever since I got uh, introduced to a few country musicians there. And over the last two and a half years, we'll just call it two and a half years. It's um, I've loved how they the scene has kind of started to find their own sound and like what country music means to them. Definitely, because I, I, I've definitely heard some UK country music, and it's like I can't imagine that's what country like the quote unquote country living is in the UK. You're talking about jacked up pickup trucks and yeah. you know shooting whiskey and cowboy boots and hats and it's like is that really what it's like and then somebody's like no not really it's like those are the posers that wish it was like that but in reality this is what it is and i'm like okay yeah that that's what you guys need to sing about and then just kind of seeing the natural progression of what the uk country scene kind of is you know that that's been really cool to watch Definitely. I mean, there's there's definitely you know whiskey drinkers and yeah. definitely uh, there's there's trucks, not mm. necessarily this, you know pickup trucks and fishing and mm. all the kind of stuff that we hear in the great songs coming out of the US. But mm-hmm. it's a different kind of uh, country music here. And, mm. But it, in the in its essence, it's the storytelling. It's the mm. it's the the jangly guitars. It's the kind of instrument. The, the way we write the songs is kind of very similar, if not the same. And then it's just we haven't got the same topics to sing about so much because life is different here in the uk so yeah it's going to be different yeah it's going to be different and it so should the music like it doesn't have to be like this is what country music in the uk is Mm -hmm. cool like just live it own it Mm. absolutely you know and fans will start to i think a lot of like just appreciate our appreciators of music or fans of music appreciate authenticity and I think that's actually a massive part in, yeah. in, in any kind of, you know, music artists mm. kind of kit bag is, is your authenticity and your ability to be yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you'd mentioned that you've been a part of several bands and just now during COVID, you've kind of started to carve your own lane as an independent musician. Um, w- w- let's walk it back a little bit. What got you started in music, and then what's kind of like the linear history of like the different bands that okay. you've been in? So I first started playing guitar. <laughs> Probably, yeah. actually, I-, I discovered country music television on mm. on on Sky TV here yeah. in the UK. It was my first experience of country music back in the nineties. So we're talking Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, all those kind of legends that I think now of 90s country and that was my first kind of exposure and I I had a guitar and I never really kind of done much with it but as soon as I heard those guys I was like that's what I need to do that's what I want to do that's how I'm going to kind of tell my stories or kind of express Mm. myself and that really kind of catapulted me 
uh, into songwriting and learning about songwriting and just kind of learning the guitar more mm. and performing. Um, I then kind of met with some friends. We formed a few bands. They were not country bands. They were more rock, rock and roll bands, mm. rock bands. Um, but just kind of cut my teeth really in in music and getting performances. I would go to a local acoustic folk club singers night on a mm. Friday um, and kind of get up and sing my three songs. And that was quite, you know, cover songs mainly, but then every now and again, I'd sing one that I wrote myself and got a lot of kind of uh, enthusiasm from the the guys who used to go there. I was like the youngest person that went. It was a lot of old men uh, singing a lot of old uh, Irish kind of country song, uh, folk songs. Um, but still I went because it was giving me that kind of uh, performance experience mm. that as a kind of teenager, I wasn't really going to get unless I was in some kind of rock band playing like school stages or yeah. stuff. Um, and I kind of went from there. I went to university and got, I was playing with some guys at university. We did a few things around around and about there. And then I think the first kind of proper serious band I was in um, was a three-piece kind of acoustic covers band, which we wrote songs and we did uh, some big gigs and festivals and whatnot up and down the country and got to travel around a bit. And But we got caught up in the cover songs were making more money for yeah. us as a yeah. as a band which is a kind of typical cliche, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the songs that we were writing then got pushed to the side and we weren't doing any recording. We had these songs, we did some recordings, never did anything with them. And I just got really frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the guys uh, had a, a kid, one of the guys split from his his wife and everyone kind of went their separate ways. And I just fell out with music. I just mm-hmm. kind of was a bit angry and frustrated with the whole thing. So didn't pick up my guitar for, for years after that, really. Um, had a lot of stuff going on myself with a change of job and mm. moving and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I think once I kind of picked my guitar up again a few years back now, I realised that was the thing that was missing for me. And uh, I just kind of set to work at writing, uh, writing songs and learning how to record at home and um, just kind of got back to that kind of expressing myself through through songs and through music and telling my stories, which is what I actually love doing. It kind of keeps me centered, I think mm. is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and here we are now, which is kind of me with me, me and my guitar. Yeah. Uh, I go to the studio kind of once a month, work with two amazing guys in the studio um, who help me kind of get what's in my, the sound that's in my head, yeah. get it out onto the, onto the records and uh, I just enjoy every single minute of the process now. It's not just about the, the the finished songs. For me, it's about the whole process. I enjoy writing. I enjoy co-writing with so many people I've been doing. I enjoy spending time in the studio, just kind of messing about with the guys, seeing what we can do, trying new things. I kind of enjoy the promotional side of things, probably a little bit less than other bits, but it's a necessary thing now to kind of, you know, we're able to share our music so readily with people around the world, which is such a gift compared to, you know, 10 years, 10, 15 years ago before the internet, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. it's a different, it's a different world now. Oh yeah, it really is. It's a, uh, you know, you brought up an interesting point about promotions and kind of going back to what I said earlier about just being authentically you. And I think that's the best way to promote yourself is yeah. even we've started doing it 
more on our Instagram page, but that's just because I only want to manage one Instagram page. I don't need a personal <laughs> yeah. Instagram page, but like, I'll just post like personal pictures. Like if I go out to the lake or whatever, and just take a photo and just like, Oh, Hey, just enjoying the Saturday, you know? And yeah, I, I think that's a good way. Like you're just being authentically who you are enjoy doing what you love, even though it's a music page, you're not doing hundred percent music. That's a very yeah. solid way of, promoting yourself and i think people respect that as well oh so. I, and that's what i try and i an authentic being authentically me is 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 actually something i promised myself i would always be and not to be apologetic about mm -hmm. being me so you know i'm not going to apologize for who i am how i dress how mm -hmm. i how i look yeah. um for me in the there is people in the music industry who go above and beyond and change who they actually are mm -hmm. um they, you know, I've, there's people in the uk scene that even kind of when they're doing posts on their instagrams are using a yeah. uh, an american accent you're like hold on a minute you're from manchester what the heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's how they that's how they work their their music and I, I that's completely them if that's how they want to do it that's how they want to do it but for me i'm just gonna sit here and be me yeah absolutely like i mean it it's one of those things where they're trying to make a mass appeal for themselves. And it's like, no, if, if you're comfortable using proper, like, I, I can't even say like English slang because that, that has several different meanings, <laughs> but like, you know, just not trying to hide your accent, like accents is what makes the world interesting. And your that's your identity. Like, yeah for unfortunately for me i've lost my like i'm born i was born in chicago i had a hardcore chicago accent and it's been about let's see when i left chicago in 2009 and now like my accent is just blended with this amalgamation of a whole bunch of different places i've lived and so it's like i don't like i mean i'm sure if i talk to anybody outside the u.s it's like oh you sound american cool you know whatever absolutely but, absolutely yeah. yeah so like even I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to pinpoint where you were from in america you told me you you live in texas so yeah, i kind of assume that's what your accent was yeah no i live in texas now i've only been here about two and a half years it's a uh, it's it's been interesting but um the another thing that you touched on that i thought was kind of interesting was that you fell into this rut of the cover music yeah. playing better than the original music, which is what I think a lot of musicians fall into. And I had a similar situation to you where I just kind of fell out of love with the independent music scene for about six months because there was a couple of bands that just kept raining on everybody's parade saying, why do you guys waste your time? uh writing original music yeah. all the good music's been written already so just learn that and play it and it's like no no that's not correct sir i, I don't play. i i i enjoy playing cover songs <laughs> i i still do the occasional gig now where i go and play what i call a, a party set or a cover mm -hmm. set yeah and, but I always mix my original music in there and people have started asking me to play my songs now when I do those kind of shows, which is brilliant for me. But I think if you're playing songs that you really like or from other people and you put your own spin on them and you do them yeah. in your style or your way and make them yours, mm -hmm. 
then you're actually just delivering somebody else's art in in a new package in a new way and you can help people discover new new artists and it's a way of showing who inspires you and what music you listen to what music you like it's it's now become for me Mm -hmm. more of a um yeah more of an expression another avenue of expression so yeah for sure and it's always good to have those cover songs in your back pocket like when you're playing a a bar gig or a like a mm-hmm. smaller venue if you notice you're like losing the crowd because you know for whatever reason you could break out that pop song or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is and try and get them back in so oh absolutely i mean if i'm doing a a, a full original set now i always put a couple of cover songs in there that that i can I use them to talk about that this is one of my favorite songwriters and this is my favorite song or and kind of use them as a, as a, yeah, a way to kind of give them something that they know mm-hmm. and they can, you know, kind of, like you said, re rebring them, bring them back into the, into the game a little bit, but yeah. also to kind of help, you know, tell them who I am, because if I'm saying this is my favorite songwriter and mm-hmm. they can kind of learn a bit more about me and, and who I am, they can yeah. maybe kind of, create we can create a bond between us so i think that's for me now what i've kind of learned over the past few years is that creating connections with people through music is one of the most amazing experiences now mm, absolutely. And absolutely however that link works whether it's just someone relating to your song or you commenting on their love for a song and say oh yeah that's my favorite songwriter and you create you create these connections with people and those are the people that go from being listeners to fans or mm. your audience or your people or however people describe it these days. Yeah. But yeah, that's the sure. difference, I think. For sure. What's your uh, go-to uh, cover song? Um, Katie Tunstall. Okay. Uh, Black Horse Cherry Tree. So you you know Katie Tunstall? She's a Scottish I've heard of artist. it, but I've never, yeah, yeah I, I'm not familiar with her music. So yeah, if, if I'm, it's quite uh, upbeat and, uh, the audience can kind of get involved a little bit, clapping and stomping and stuff. So it's quite a good track to kind of bring them back in if uh, if I need to. Yeah, for sure. That's those songs are also really good to have that you can just get the audience involvement and like if they start drifting off into their own conversation. So it's like, all right, guys, need you to participate now. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but those could also fail miserably as well. Which you got to read the room. Definitely yeah. got to read the room. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> But um, let's talk about your uh, new EP dropped back in March. It's called Mm -hmm. Unraveled. Uh, What's kind of the story behind this EP? So this is the first time I've really kind of recorded a a collection of songs that had a... um, more than just five five songs I've recorded. It was kind of... The intention was it to be cohesive kind of body of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've never done that before. So this was really quite interesting for me. And the idea was it was, and the reason I called it Unraveled is because it's basically about picking apart the layers in relationships when things don't go so well. And um, the way I kind of put it all together was the first song starts with the very first spark in a relationship, the song's Gasoline and Matches. And it's basically about when you meet somebody and you fall harder than they fall and you're putting all the effort in and they're giving you just enough little spark to kind of keep you and uh, all the way through then to the final song, which is called Without Me, which is basically one of the hardest songs I've ever written. 
and emotionally kind of um, gut-wrenching for me. And it took me a very long time to write it, but it's basically about the final minutes at the end of a relationship and that final closing of the door. So the songs themselves kind of track through different relationships, but in in its essence, kind of from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of what I was working on. A lot of people have said that they've kind of got it and, Mm They think that, you know, the the way we've told the story, when we put the uh, the music together, the way we told the stories and stuff with the EP is, is there and they've understood and they've mm. enjoyed that kind of cohesion. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of how it all kind of turned out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's, story, each song is based on a different relationship, but it's the overarching message yeah. of yeah. a, the light, I guess the lifespan of a relationship. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of where I was going with it. And some of them are the same relationship, but they're all different relationships. But it's the in the order of which I placed the songs was kind of to tell a, a global story of, do you know what? Relationships can start bad. They can go bad. They can be a bit rubbish. They can be terrible and they can finish for all the right reasons, but still be gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching and kind of make you think about them 10, 15 years later. And that's kind of uh, what I wanted to do. <laughs> I have someone, a few people have suggested I need to now do the flip side of this EP and write all the positive songs that happened when uh, I met my wife and we we kind of, uh, you know, 10 years, 12 years into our relationship now and kind of write all, all those songs and kind of put that together as well to show all the positive sides to relationships. But uh I think that's definitely something in the works. For sure, for sure. You could almost re-release Unraveled and combine it with the positive side and mm. make it like a, I, like a double EP sounds like a really Ooh. weird concept, but... Why maybe, not? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's just like an LP, but I don't know. But like just the idea of... Yeah, totally. Like Or a deluxe EP. Yeah. So, like the idea of a like sunlight moonlight type thing where it's like oh, i like that i like that idea yeah. yeah um so you said this was the first time you went into uh record a group of songs to tell a story right that's that's yeah so previously i've done recording and i, I recorded a, a an ep um in lockdown back in 2020 but that mm-hmm. was more a case of just I'd written four or five songs, so I wanted to put them on a on a record and, and release them and see how it how it worked and mm. see what was happening now if, if people wanted to listen. That was brilliant. It was more just cathartic for me to kind of get over that stepping stone of not doing it for mm. 10 years. So um, if people liked it, then that was brilliant. And actually, uh, um, some of the songs were better than others. I'll kind mm. of... But for me, I'm really proud of that EP as well. That was a, um, called Paper Aeroplanes. And uh, um, the lead song of that is actually one of my um, biggest streamed songs across all the platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, I think because it was the first one in so long that uh, people kind of like bought into it and it was kind of like a bit of a catapult for me, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And really kind of set the catalyst for me to kind of go on and work on some singles. And then now working with these guys in the studio to produce, I think we've, I've changed gear mm-hmm. from what I can do at home. I'm just me on my own to then doing a few things with uh, collaborations over the internet with people and people sending me a bit different parts and now working in a studio with the guys where I can literally kind of 
say to them, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I, Tom, who plays the drums for me, yeah. when we record, I said, I want the drums in the middle to kind of go boom, dick, boom, dick, boom, dick. Yeah. And he went uh, like this. And I went, yes, exactly like that. And I didn't right. know how to explain it, but he just, we got this connection, me and the guys now, where we, we kind of understand where we're going with the songs. And if, if I say, I really want the guitars to sound like the Eagles, Mm-hmm. Take it easy. Those kind of sounds. Matt goes, twiddles with things, picks up a different guitar and goes like this. And I'm like, yes, brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've got that kind of connection now to take it to the next level, I think. so. That's awesome. Uh, it's really cool that you, and especially once you kind of get into that recording groove of knowing who you like working with, finding who you want to work with and just finding that connection, it just makes the recording process so much easier and also a lot more fun because it's not like you're in there like oh, i want it to sound like this and they just don't understand or you know oh, there's absolutely like a disconnect there yeah i mean i've so. been in recording studios in the in the past years ago and uh working with a a, a vocalist then and they would be like, can we just try six or seven of your microphones just to see which one I would prefer? And I'm like, really? Really? We're going here? <laughs> We're going there. And then, yeah, the, then the engineers would be like, I just want to try a few different microphones on your guitar ramps. Just, and you kind of spend two hours just mm-hmm. trying different microphones. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can see where we're going here mm-hmm. with that getting it right i i completely agree with getting the sound right but i also think that capturing the right feel and the performance mm-hmm. in in the studio like you the capturing what you get in a live performance trying to put that in the studio as well is also just as important so if i was to spend three hours singing into 12 different microphones by the time they the guys would go yeah let's use that microphone i would be lost yeah there would be nothing left in me then to give a performance to to get that recording so um we've all we've recorded now what's five songs seven songs with the guys in the studio and we already kind of worked out which which microphone works best for my vocals or if i'm going to be doing a lot of high vocals we know to switch to another one so we've already learning quickly through that process how how to get the the best sound. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. But for me, just like an outside, kind of an outsider looking in, it would seem like a studio would have a select sound, like as far as like, okay, these are the microphones that we have. And this is like the sound that we record. Hmm. And if it's a situation where they're trying to, yes, I understand trying to like, appeal to a masser or a wider array of musicians but to me as much as like a band has its own sound i feel like Mm. a studio has its own sound in a way because it's like oh the this studio they they really know how to capture your low ends and get that bass Mm. and you know or the the high end you know just like whatever it is and i don't know that, that was just kind of an interesting process that or interesting thought that you brought up about that they were uh, some studios try and like morph their recording style. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think I think sometimes it's down to the producers and the engineers mm-hmm. that you're working with the sound that comes out because it's their experience and techniques and the way that they 
link things through the processes and, and different equipment that they've got available, whether mm. you're using um, analog equipment or digital equipment now as well, um, can make a big difference to the sound you achieve. Mm. So um, it all comes down to it at the end. But and if the, for me, it's important that I enjoy the process because yeah. it has become such a big thing for me now. Yes. But also, yeah. I want the sound at the end to be something that, I mean, this is going to sound really silly, but I actually enjoy listening to the songs that mm-hmm. we produce. I enjoy listening to my music. That's that's the kind of music that I listen to. And for me, that's kind of a big thing. If I, if I don't hate it by the time I've sang it yeah. as many times or heard it as many times in the studio... That to me is is a sign that says actually this this is this is pretty good. If I want to still listen to it afterwards, yeah, yep, that's that's part of it for me. And that like back when we first started doing live and amplified, that was kind of my test to see if. Uh, so back when we first started doing live and amplified, we do a lot of like solo acoustic, uh, live jam session type stuff. So oh, we nice. do like live performance performance videos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so my son, or the our audio guy that uh, helps out with all, everything that we do, um, he would mix it, send me the tracks, and then I would go to the car, go in the car. I was living out in New Mexico, and I would take a three-hour car trip back before gas was insanely expensive. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would go take a three-hour car trip and just listen to the same five songs over, because usually it was like a five-song mini mm-hmm. like an ep type thing that we do and i just listened to them and nine times out of ten it would just be like okay i can't stand this song anymore nope can't stand this song yeah so it would just like whittle itself down to like one song that i could just like all right yeah. i don't absolutely hate this song so it was yeah. always kind of interesting to see what song i gravitated to and people ask me why i did that and it's like honestly it's just to get a feel for the song and like when I go to sit down and put together the live performance, I have a better understanding of where like different accent notes, you know, just like different things. Yeah. So it, it was interesting, but in the same time, I burned myself on a lot of good music. <laughs> totally. I can appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. So. I, I do the same though. When, when I'm listening to uh, the mixes from the studio, me and the guys all do it. We all listen to them in the car because I think most people listen to music in the car these days or, or on their AirPods or off their phone. So we always make sure we spend time listening to them in the way that people majority of the time will listen to them. But I also kind of think I kind of pick up on different things, depending if I'm in the car, I can on my third listen and I'll be like, Oh, hold on. There's a little bit there. That's maybe it's a bit too quiet or a bit too loud or yeah. I think there needs to be a little something in that gap there to kind of lift us into the chorus or something. Mm. So I completely get that totally yeah. on board with drive driving. If for me, I, I write a lot of driving songs anyway, because uh, um, that's road, road trips are, you know, with and the music, I, I make road trip playlists. If we're going on a drive, I'll make a specific playlist for, for a road trip. So yeah. yeah. that I haven't gone that, like I have one general playlist Hmm. That it's just like, oh, this is my road trip and playlist. And so it's like, I'll, I'll just kind of go through that. But like, I probably need to start making individual playlists because I find myself skipping a lot of songs on this yeah, one playlist because yeah. it's like, eh, I'm not feeling this not, one I'm, today. 
But that's the brilliance of playlists, I think, is that yeah. you can do that. But sometimes I'm I use driving in the car to catch up on podcasts. Mm. Um I don't necessarily have the time when I'm at home to sit and listen to podcasts too much. But yeah. today I I, uh, I caught up with a podcast this morning, but also um, I set aside some time to listen to a new album that I knew would come out and mm. I hadn't had chance to listen to it yet. I listened to a couple of tracks, but I made sure I sat and listened to the entire album today. And I haven't done that for a very long time, actually, listened to a, an album start to finish. So That's awesome. That's, who was the uh, musician? Zach Bryan. Okay, I'm not familiar. He's he's, uh, he's kind of um, there's a bit of uh, Turnpike Trooper Doors to mm-hmm. him, bit of Jason Isbell. Okay, uh, gotcha. And he's got a new album out called uh, American Heartbreak. Okay, that's worth a listen, definitely. Yeah, I have to check that out. That sounds really cool. I'm always looking for new music, new musicians because I'm. Back, once we get back on the road, I'm going to be on the road a whole bunch. So yeah, new music, new podcasts. And it's kind of funny because like, I don't listen to podcasts as much as I used to because I'm like, it takes me 15 minutes to get to work. There's no point in putting oh, on no, a podcast yeah. there because it's like, okay, so we got through the introductions. Cool. Let's <laughs> pause it. It's just then, about, yeah. Um, but usually when I'm doing like a big road trip, big eight 10 hour road trip it's like all right fire up those podcasts let's get let's, let's get, get them on yeah yeah let's do this so it's always exciting um so with the new P- ep out now it's been out for what about two months right two months two months today i think or two yesterday months two months awesome. yesterday yeah awesome awesome um what, what's kind of been the reception what's going through your mind now that the music's out in the world so I've had a lot of great feedback, actually. Um, a lot of um, radio stations pick, picked it up and played it. A lot of people wanted to talk about it and some podcasts and interviews. Mm. Um, and that's been a big plus for me. But um, the way I kind of, re- I think the way I decide if, if a release has been a success is the feedback from the people who are listening. So the people who are playing it on their own playlists, the people who kind of, you know, stop, stop me in a gig and say, oh, I, that's my favorite song off the EP mm-hmm. or that's my favorite one. Or, oh my goodness. That's that, that track was just perfect, perfect time for me to hear that track because I'm going through that at the minute with my, with my boyfriend or girlfriend and, or, oh my God, my friend just did this and she's, I played her your song and she thought it was the best thing. Those kind of feedback for me is like, what I what I want is what I do music for is to kind of make those connections so people can relate to the stories I'm telling in the songs. Mm. So as as far as I'm concerned, this has been a, a brilliant release. It's the I I didn't follow the new the new method of releasing lots of singles before dropping it because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a body of work. But there's definitely been two two tracks, uh, gasoline and matches and getaway car have been more popular than the other ones which is fine i completely get that um they're the ones that are a little bit more uh crowd pleasers i guess when Mm. i play them live as well so i totally understand that they're going to be ones that people kind of enjoy but the one of the the song i did release as a single back in november Mm -hmm. um without me um is still going strong there's a lot getting a lot of plays and a lot of streams on the services and i was just about to bring that up because like i I mean i can only see 
uh, songs that hit a certain benchmark. And that yeah. was the song that I saw kind of hit that benchmark. And I was, you were bringing up gasoline and matches and getaway car. And I was, I, if you hadn't yeah. brought up without me, I was going to bring it up <laughs> and kind of ask what was different about that song. But yeah. So yeah, with that one, I released that one as a single a few months before, uh, back in November. Mm. Um, and that when I released that single, that was when I said to the guys in the studio, this is going to be on an EP. We've got four songs to record so I can release that. And it's going to be in March. We better get busy over Christmas. And they went, let's do it. Let's go. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so the uh, you said you didn't follow the tradition or the modern day traditional release strategy of doing a whole bunch of singles and then releasing the EP. Uh, it, have you, is it, the EP available in hard copies or is it just digitally released? No. Right now? So I've released everything at the minute digitally. And it's two reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Number one is I like to be a good citizen of the world and mm-hmm. try and reduce the amount of plastic. And I don't actually own a CD player anymore. So if okay. someone tried to sell me a CD, I couldn't, I've, there's literally no way I could play that CD. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of in my, my situation now mm-hmm. where CD people buy CDs because they want to support you mm-hmm. and they want to support the music, which I, I love. I get that, but I would rather do that with something else. So yeah. I kind of took the decision with this EP not to make CDs again. Mm-hmm. And actually what I did was I wrote a little scrapbook to go along oh, with wow. it. That's cool. Um, so it's kind of like a ly- the lyrics book, it's got the, all the song lyrics in there. It's got some photos and images that kind of relate mm. to the songs. Um, so images that I've taken or I've just kind of seen that I think are in, linked to the songs. And then also the story of the song, how it came to be written, what was the inspiration behind it, a little bit, you know, background information about the songs and how they came to be. And then the whole recording process as well is how how we kind of put the, the EP together. Mm-hmm. So invite people into the kind of the the work, you know, rather than it just be a here, I am presenting you this music. It's like, no, come come and be part of it. Come and be, you know, come and learn how we how we got to this point. So and that's been superb. I've actually sold out of I, I had I ordered 50 copies and I sold out of them. Um that's really I'm cool. just yeah, I'm actually awaiting delivery on uh on um, the next batch that okay. I can then actually, the intention was to be able to sell them when I'm doing shows, but I haven't actually been able to do that yet. Yeah. So uh, I'm waiting on the next next batch to kind of come from the printers so I can do that. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I find, find myself in a similar situation as you. I don't own a CD player. As of December, I don't own a CD player anymore because mm. the last place I had was in my car. And in December, my car just died a horrific, <laughs> death after being 10 years old you know so it's kind of how it it happens uh and i went and bought a new car and it doesn't have a cd player player. man what do i like i've got a whole basket full (laughs) of uh demo cds that like just bands throughout the years have set me and it's like i don't know what to do with this anymore i don't have a cd player i don't but like now with the rise of vinyl anytime i go out to a show it's like all right as long as it's not like insanely expensive vinyl, I'll buy, I'll buy it and I'll support. But yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'd much rather buy the vinyl just because that feels like yeah. a piece of art 
that you have in your hand. Absolutely. There. Absolutely. And I would love to make some vinyl. Yeah. And I love actually that, you know, with the the kind of retro 80s vibe that we've been kind of experiencing over the last year or so with even bigger artists, mm-hmm. people have been putting stuff out on cassette tape again, which I think is yeah. fascinating. The, the only issue with that, or for me, for like, yeah. this is for me, there's no emotional connection to cassette tapes. Like yeah. for vinyl, it's like, I remember being eight years old, my mom gave me her vinyl collection from when she was a kid. Yeah. And she's like, here's all the music that I listen to. And I had a half of a record player that had like a needle that barely was uh, <laughs> good enough to, cause yeah. we didn't know where to get good record needle. We did at that time yeah. in the late nineties, whatever. She was like, I don't even know where to get record needles anymore, but you know, give this a listen. And then we only had like one speaker that would actually work with the record player. So it was like, all right, fine. You know, we're going to make this work. And so she had like some really iconic stuff like Beatles, monkey, you know, just like all like the really good stuff. And so I would just sit there and listen to it. And then one day when I was like 12 or 13, she was like, hey, I bought you a birthday gift. And it was like a portable CD player, like the Discman things. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, I can listen to music and not have to be in my room? Sweet. You know, and then yeah. that just opened up a whole new kettle of fish. And, <laughs> and then you got your first iPod and you were like, yeah. oh, my God, I can carry all my music with me all yeah. the time. Actually, it's kind of funny. I've never owned an iPod. I can safely no say way. I've never. I've basically... I was never well off enough to afford an iPod. Okay. So anytime that I had a little bit of money, I would go get an MP3 player, which is like a knockoff iPod. And yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And so I'd go to like uh, like a Target, Kmart, Walmart, whatever it was, and they would have like super knockoffs of MP3 players. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, 20 yeah. bucks, cool, boom. That'll do, that'll I, do. I could fit a hundred songs. Sweet. You know? Yeah. And I think I, I start, started with something very similar before I managed to save up my money to buy an actual iPod. And then once I got to college, they start, the iPhones were coming around and it was like super cheap to get an iPhone. And it was like, uh, like my junior year of college, it was uh, one of those situations where the phone provider was like, Hey, we'll give you a free iPhone three if you sign a two-year contract. I'm like, wait, I could have an iPhone for free? Yes. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> and so everyone did the same here as well. Yeah. 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 So it was uh it, that that was kind of my introduction into the iPhone iPod game was a free iPhone that I got for signing a two-year contract for with AT&T. So <laughs> we said. But no, that's really cool. And um so you said you've wanted to experiment with uh, doing vinyl, but obviously that's a whole nother. Yeah. Process. And it's so expensive. It's yeah. so expensive to get it. And also not just that is that actually the wait time or the, the time it's taken the people who can make vinyls for you at the best prices, mm-hmm. you kind of wait in maybe 18 months, two years. Yeah. And I've seen recently a, a, an artist that I, I follow um, saying, uh, Happy second birthday to my album. <laughs> I've just received the vinyls. I can oh, now start. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow, really? That's, okay. So 
I, I think that's been a COVID thing, but also because there's not many people who have the capacity to kind of mass produce vinyl for mm-hmm. you at a reasonable price. There's a massive waiting list. So yeah. I, I've been looking at like the last couple of months, I was like, you know what? Let's see, what does it take to, I've been trying to figure out what it takes to like start printing vinyl and stuff. Cause there's this company out of New York that'll do like singles off of vinyls. Oh, no like, way, really? like they record it live, like right there. So basically they, you come into whatever their studio is, you record it live to the vinyl and that's it. Like that's what you get. So. Oh my God, that would be so cool. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how they do that. It looks like they've got a super expensive setup and it's, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'll have to talk to my audio engineer because I've kind of hit that point of, all right, I know about this much about audio mixing and audio engineering and stuff, but he knows like that yeah. much. And it's like, all right, let's. There's so much to it, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, so it's really exciting. What do you have coming up for the rest of 2022? So I've got quite a few shows over the summer, which I'm really excited about. Starting tomorrow, actually, I'm yes. um, heading down to, to London, um, taking my guitar on the train with me down to London, which is always fun. Um, and we're playing at uh, the Bedford Pub in London as a whole range of uh, UK country Americana artists yes. all meeting up doing a day of writer's rounds uh, in aid of uh, Dementia UK charity um, organised by Live in the Living Room. Uh, James Vince has kind of organised that um, with quite a few different people involved in organising it in, from the UK scene as well. So we're going to have an absolute ball down there, getting to meet a few people I've never met face-to-face before, only talked to on the internet. And so it's going to be such a fun day. That's uh, really going to kick off the summer for me now that... And I've got a few festivals I'm going to be playing at over the summer. Um, the one I'm really looking forward to actually is the British British Country Music Festival in September. Um, I'm really quite pleased that I got on the bill for that one. That's quite a big, big deal here in the UK. And I'm really, really excited to be playing on, on the bill there with some amazing artists that I really look up to. So nice. um, I'm really excited for that one. And then I'm doing my first headline show in london in in september as well september the 15th at the uh a brilliant little kind of listening venue called mm. the camden chapel oh, wow. and i'm going to be uh uh doing that with a friend of mine tara henton's going to be playing a spot as well nice. so that's going to be a really fun night so yeah loads coming up with regards to shows and then i'm currently working on uh, a single for the summer to be released, which is exciting because I've got quite a few friends of mine involved in this one. So it's going to be uh, a little bit of um, involvement from a lot of people coming in on this one. So I've already pre-warned the guys in the studio when I kind of visit them in, a, I think, uh, in, a, in a week or so. Nice. We've got a lot of work to do to kind of bring everybody's parts into this song that we've already got recorded. So but that's going to be so much fun, though. Nice. It's going to be it's going to be a headache for, for Tom and Matt, but it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. You just opened up like 20 different avenues of conversation that I want to travel down. So I'm going to try and pick them. <laughs> okay. Oh, so with the uh, new single, where are you are you? Is it fully written or is it? Yeah, kind of totally. Ha- 
so we've it's all written um i've i've gigged show gigged it a few times and got a lot of feedback from the audience they kind of get to join in on this one it's quite a good one mm. for that and um so the record the, the kind of track is recorded of I think I've pretty much recorded a guide vocal for everybody mm. just so they can kind of, but actually when I recorded the guide vocal, I quite like the guide vocal. Okay. I think because I didn't put pressure on myself, it yeah. actually came across in the recording. So maybe we'll keep that vocal. I'm not entirely sure yet, but yes. Yeah, so and then I've sent it out to a lot of people in a kind of semi mixed state yeah. for them to kind of get a vibe. And I've asked them to do a specific thing and then said, P.S. If there's anything else you want to try, go ahead. This is kind of really open to people just kind of chucking whatever they want into it. Nice. And um, some people, friends of mine, have already sent their stuff back. I've got a few more kind of due in over the next few days. But what people have sent me has already blown my mind as to what, you know, getting involved, getting other people involved in my music mm. takes it to a different level because they do things that I wouldn't think of and they come up with little harmonies or little kind of ad libs here and there and i've just been blown away by kind of uh, what 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 these people have done to kind of help with this song so forever grateful for for everyone to get involved in it it's going to be so much fun as well to share with everybody when it's when it's finished it's a fun song up, up, upbeat fun song so that's really cool and do you or obviously since it's still uh, deep in the um, recording mixing phase, there's not a specific release date. No, I haven't. I haven't got a date for release yet, but it's going to be ready for the summer. It's definitely. I'm kind of aiming for well as soon as possible without putting too much pressure on myself yeah. and the guys right. to kind of put it all together. Yeah, right. hopefully, right. Maybe, maybe after this this studio session, it might kind of uh, we'll get an idea of the time frame for for getting it out there and getting it released. But yeah, so it's just, it's just definitely a summer song. So. That's awesome. That's really cool. And man. then I'm kind of considering then, Tom, I've recorded another track with the guys and we sat down and listened to it. And I said, this sounds like the opening track of an album. Nice. And the, th and the three of us all went, okay. So nice. that might be happening. <laughs> nice. That's all. Yeah. You know, albums are really cool. I'm a big, like that's one of the downfalls of the way the modern music industry kind Agreed, of works yeah. is you lose the storytelling of an album. Cause it's really hard to tell the story within singles. Like, I mean, you can do it and there's probably yeah. like a really creative way to do it, but with an album, you could sit down and it's like watching a yeah. movie, except you're absolutely. Yeah. So and I've I've never actually sat down to write an album before. I write songs all the time. I'm all mm. constantly writing songs. But for me, I when I heard the track that we've recorded and I went, oh, this sounds like the opening track to an album. Nice. I've kind of paused that, don't do any more work on that song. And I've got that song in my head. And in my head, I've got this kind of movie playing, actually. Mm. Or like I, I know how the music video would look if I had the budget and can travel yeah. to America and all that kind of business. Um, so in that, I kind of said, I need to, I want to sit down and actually write the the rest of the songs for that album with that movie in, in my mind and kind of soundtrack that movie, I think. And that's kind of how I'm going to go about doing it. So that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm actually excited for that. I'm going to, that's, that's something that I'm going to start work on. I think after we get this single released, I'm going to, there's another couple of, couple of tracks that I can kind of do, 
in between all that mm. to kind of keep the music coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. so to speak, um, while I'm writing the album, definitely. So, yeah. I mean, I think you're going to find out that letting this specific song permeate and just kind of, I don't want to use the word age, but maybe mature is like yeah. a better way to phrase it. And just kind of let it be what it is. And you come back and visit it after you do some of your shows and get some of this other music out. And even yeah. if you don't come and visit it until like say the fourth quarter of this year. So like September, October, after you get through your like, absolutely. I don't know how heavy your show load is during the summer, but you know, maybe, maybe not wait till after yeah. that, that might not be the worst decision in the world, but if, then again, if you feel like you're going to lose the vibe of the song, definitely don't lose that vibe. Like do whatever you got. No, I, keep- I think, uh, I think it's a, a body of work that I can see kind of me writing over the, like you said, maybe October, November, mm-hmm. get it written and then start recording it kind of December, January, yeah. ready for it kind of coming out. In, April, May next year, possibly. Yeah. May, yeah. And I mean, ready the, for the summer again. Yeah. And like, this is all well and good to have planned and, you know, but like, oh, I love plans. Yeah. 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 But as we all know, life happens. So, you know, it, Absolutely. it's really good to have a general plan and just kind of know where your busy time is, where your downtime is. And, you know, Absolutely. just kind of have a target to hit once you get yeah. to those points, right. Especially being planned ahead of time and not like, it's November and it's like, okay, well, we've got three months of downtime right now. What are we going to do instead of going in? It's like, all right, it's November. This is what we're doing, or this is what's already yeah, in the works. So yeah, it's definitely really cool. Oh, I'm excited about it actually. And, Cause you're the first person I've really told about the kind of idea about it. And just as I was explaining it to you about how I see it yeah. going, I was like, yeah, actually, this is going to happen now. That's it. I've, I've said it out loud, so it's nice. going to happen now. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it's funny because a lot of musicians are scared to do something like that because it, it's almost like they're holding themselves accountable. And if it doesn't work, they look at themselves like, oh, I said I was going to do something. I didn't do it. I'm almost a failure or, you know, like whatever the perception is. Yeah. But in reality is there's always music that just doesn't work. Like you could get start totally. working on this album yeah. and realize, Oh, you get four songs deep and it's like, Oh, this isn't really an album. This is an EP. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, you Definitely. just got to be open with yourself. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm always open to new ideas and, and you know, other people's ideas as well as kind of going, this is not working out like that. I don't like that. Yeah. For example, on, on the track that we're working on at the minute, I asked a friend of mine to, do some piano and keys mm. and um he sent over the piano parts and i'm like the piano is not working in this it's just not working it's kind of taking it from taking the vibe in a different direction but he did also did some organ work and the organ sounds perfect perfect yeah yeah absolutely perfect in it so it's you, you've got to try these things if you don't try them you don't know if you have these ideas you i the track I mentioned about being the opening track to the album, we've mm. actually done three different um, intros nice. before the lyrics come in. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't actually sure how to actually get the intro working. And then the one intro that we, the last intro that we did, we sat and played it in the studio last time I was there. And I went, yeah, this intro sounds like the start to an album. Nice. 
Awesome. Awesome. So it's kind of a little bit more ostentatious because it's quite a long intro when it's like, yeah, this is an album track now. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, now we're going to have to record an album. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> Which awesome. is both scary and exciting at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. But like, I think, I think it's going to work out to be whatever it's destined to be, you know, like when, as you kind of go through the summer and mm-hmm. starting getting more reps in, and I'm assuming, I'm kind of assuming that this song may or may not appear in any of your sets as you kind oh, of definitely. want to road, road yeah. test it and whatnot. Absolutely. Is- I've played it a few times already and got some good feedback and not just that I've kind of feed fed back to myself in that sometimes mm-hmm. I think it, it, there might need to be a little, um, when I'm playing it, just me and my guitar, the songs have got to, for me, the songs have got to work like that because that's what I, I do. When I, when I go out and sing, I play it just me and my yeah. guitar. Yeah. And then when we bring in all the other instrumentation in the studio, they've got to work like that as well. So when I'm going out playing it in, in the, in the, on my own on the guitar, I kind of play it sometimes a little bit differently. Sometimes I might repeat part of the first verse to kind of just add that extra little bit of like, just reminding you what the song's about whereas in the recording it's not there so there's also kind of elements deciding how we go about the recording and and do we do it the same as I play it live or do we you know go down the route it was in my head that's how it was going to be to begin with so yeah for sure and I think playing songs live you kind of find the natural rhythm of the song whereas like like you had mentioned when you're playing it you have one way that you imagine it and it's, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it's going to kind of move and flow like this. But then once you get out and playing it in front of a live audience, the crowd starts to morph a more natural energy behind yeah. it and like a natural yeah. flow. And at some point you'll find like a meeting point between the two where you thought it was absolutely be and where yeah. the audience takes it. So. And it's been strange because over the last couple of years, I've not really been able to road test mm. songs before you kind of record them. So it was kind of like a leap of faith to to jump into a recording without really road testing it. You can live streams and stuff were brilliant to kind yeah. of, but you don't get the same level of feedback from yep. the people as you're playing the song. At the end of a song, they type clap clap clap. Yeah. But in in a live situation now, you can you, you can see them focusing on you. I played a song, a really new song I wrote. Um, that a show I did a couple of weeks ago and I was like the support artist. So no one was there to see me Mm -hmm. yet. The entire room stopped and it went silent as I played this song. And I actually kind of got goosebumps and I haven't had that in a very long time. And I kind of almost like up the ante and kind of put 120% into it. And at at the end, everyone was like, Whoa, that was brilliant kind of thing. And I, I kind of went where I went, okay, I need to record that song now as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, it's, that's always interesting, you know, just kind of like where uh, just moments will take you intentionally or unintentionally, you know? So, um, so it sounds like you've got a busy summer, a lot of recording coming up, a lot of shows. You brought up the festival in September, which is funny yeah. because before we jumped on here, I mentioned about uh, possibly trying to, uh, make a trip out to the UK in September, so may have to. Try oh, that would and, be. I- you know, I, we definitely have a festival like thing that we do, so that would be really cool. And uh, oh, there's a lot of people playing at that festival that would kind of uh, you'd, you'd be excited to kind of yeah. 
get to see for the first time, Tom, definitely. Have they have they started announcing the lineup and whatnot? Yeah, or? the lineup's all, all announced um, uh, up for that one. Um, uh, we'll have to see if any of my friends, other friends from the UK are on that lineup because I would just be that big show where it's like, okay, I can meet everybody. Totally. Yeah, it's just like yeah. all in one felt swoop, so... Uh, otherwise, if you want to consider it for next year, that the the other big big UK country festival is Buckle and Boots, which is happening the mm. first weekend in June this year. Okay. Um, and uh, I can't go because I've got other commitments. Otherwise, yeah. I would have been there, which is terrible. This is the worst thing about being an artist and a music lover is you can't go and see people. I, <laughs> while I was waiting for you to come on, I was literally just looking and I've seen that Katie Pruitt is playing in London in August. And I'm free and available, so I now need to find someone to go with me to see her in nice. London. Uh, but yeah, to kind of to kind of get to go and see people that I admire and enjoy their music is kind mm. of a rarity. So yeah, if you it, can't get in September, then definitely consider next June. Oh yeah, for, for sure. For I I've kind of found myself in this thing of like I don't go to a lot of concerts just because for whatever reason it, it's not like. I, I just don't do a lot of concerts, but recently I've found myself wanting to go to shows that I know that it might be my last chance to see the band or the musician oh, yeah, definitely. play. Yeah. Like, so where I live in Texas is where Willie Nelson is from and yeah. he plays all over Texas all the time. And I'm kind of hoping, like I haven't looked at his schedule in a few months, but if there's a show like nearby it's like he he's not getting any younger and he's absolutely to a point where he's not doing as many shows as he used to so if i can get the opportunity to go see him play i'm yeah. going to go do it although i've never been like a the biggest willie nelson fan or like a listener of his music i guess you know just i guess fan is a relative term but you know just never yeah. been a big listener of his music but he's an icon in the music business you say willie nelson absolutely everybody yeah. knows who Willie Nelson is and yeah. um yeah just being just to be able to say I've seen him play live would be amazing so I think that's I, I would take I'm not a massive Willie Nelson fan but I would take that opportunity if I if mm -hmm. I had it absolutely yeah and especially a lot of the shows he's playing now are more pulled back in just like simple uh uh, acoustic shows or mm. like smaller theaters where it's not like you're in a club and you're trying to avoid the marsh pit because you don't want to get laid out, you know, like whatever <laughs> yes. it is. So. It's a more chilled vibe. Definitely. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Um, so let's kind of take a minute outside of music. What, what do you do to kind of relax? What are some of your hobbies? What do you do outside of music? Um, so music is actually my, my hobby as well. I, I love music. I love listening to music, but other than that, um, I like uh, spending time outside when the, when the weather's good, walking my dog. Um, I enjoy cooking. Okay. Uh, I don't get to do it as much as I used to now, but I'm also a trained scuba diver. So oh. uh, um, whenever me and my wife get to travel, I try and get a, a good diving session in at least one one time while while we're away that's that's cool yeah that's really cool it's uh never got into scuba diving but uh my dad lives on the uh the east coast and so he 
he works with scuba divers all the time to clean the bottom of his boat and all that stuff. And nice. Just, yeah. I've heard some really cool stories, like diving stories. So that's oh, I've been to some amazing parts of the world. I've been over to Mexico and the Caribbean and, and, mm-hmm. and dive there. And it's, it's a magical world underneath the water. Mm-hmm. And yeah. considering that the thing is, it's 72% of the world is covered in water. Yep. It's yep. it's a it's a, it is like a whole other world underneath it, and it's so peaceful and quiet. Just the bubbles. Yeah, you get rid of that kind of daily humdrum buzzing of daily life, and you kind of just spending time in in a glorious environment. That's that's the the special thing for me. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's it just seeing some of the stuff like on the document, like the different documentary stuff of like the yeah. Disney channel is put out and all that stuff. Just, it feels like just, I've never been scuba diving. I don't know how to swim. I can't swim, you know, just like oh, all wow. these different things. Yeah. Um, I sink like a lead boat. Like it, it's bad. <laughs> I, I never been able to get it figured out or learn how to swim or keep myself afloat. So like, yeah it's a yeah but it's one of those things where if i ever got the opportunity or figured out a way to make make it Mm. so i can either whether it's a submarine or you know like whatever it is you know spend some time underwater yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's very quite a few different ways now you can get these like yeah like the little tourist submarines yeah and then they can do this one now where you basically just put a helmet on and they send the air down to you You you're not you don't need to training and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Is that this? It's something. So for me, it's some, a, a magical kind of uh, connection. Yeah, and, for sure. And for... separating myself from the daily life situation, I try and get to do it as much as possible. But certainly, haven't done it in the last few years. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a. It's definitely a way for you to escape and just kind of reset yourself i guess is the best way oh to that's, you know what? that's the perfect way to actually describe it tom it is like a reset mm-hmm. it's like a come and spend time in this amazing environment and kind of you, you, because after, after when we've been diving it's tiring but i have i come away kind of like my cup is completely full i've just experienced the experience and the joy and it kind of like yeah like resets re- yeah. rebalances everything yeah yeah for sure for sure it's it's i i could totally see it obviously like we discussed never never experienced it but i can totally understand it and see it so um but yeah i just realized we've been going for well over an hour i don't want to keep you too much longer oh wow i I was (laughs) sitting here i was just like i did i haven't looked at the time yeah yeah i I just looked up because i got like a little session clock that tells me how long (laughs) the stream's been live and i'm like wait a minute what time is it how long yeah so um uh, so you've got the busy summer uh if people want to interact with you on social media check out your music uh support you in any way possible where's the best places for people to get your information or interact with you oh that'd be awesome if people want to kind of uh, come and join join the ride as i call it i'm at um at celine ellis music on instagram facebook youtube I'm on Twitter okay. at Celine underscore music, but I don't really use Twitter. I, I don't like Twitter. It's kind of, I think it's where angry people spend their time. <laughs> That's my experience of Twitter, but um, 
I've, I've got one and I kind of do dip in and out of it, but very rarely, which is naughty of me because Rachel tells me if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. But gotcha. I don't really. And a friend of mine may or may not have convinced me to join TikTok. Oh, no. Or challenged me to join TikTok. I mean, she kind of, yeah. She kind of said to me, it's a challenge. To, she said, do it for a month, do it every day for a month and then see what you think afterwards. So it's something I might kind of take up over the summer when I've got lots of things going on. So I can, it's fair. not a headache to work out what to post. Yeah. But I, I, I find I, social media is such a, an important thing for mm. independent artists now to create and connect with people. But my God, it can become a headache mm. if you don't kind of have the, like what we were talking about earlier is just I can share music stuff, but I also shared a photograph of my sandwich for breakfast this yeah. morning. So I saw that's, that. That's I was me. like, yeah, I, I saw the uh, sandwich. Uh, what was the caption? Like perfect egg eruption, or I don't even yeah. remember what it said. And I was just yeah. like, that's funny and really cool at the same <laughs> time. So, um, so who is this friend that challenged you to post a TikTok? Oh, it's a, another artist called Patterson here in the UK. Okay. And she's kind of doing it with another artist at the minute. And she kind of said to me, you should do it. Do it as a challenge. And I was like, oh, don't challenge me. Yeah, I did that once. And yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how I get on. I'm kind of not, not committed to it at the minute because I've got a few different things going on and yeah. what have you. Or maybe it will be something that I can do towards the release of the new single for the summer or something and see if I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. See if I or if it becomes a headache. <laughs> for sure. That that's the one thing about me is like if you want me to try something, just make it a personal challenge. And yeah. For whatever reason, I can't step away. <laughs> that's what I found. I was like, no, don't challenge me. Now I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah, for sure. But one more thing that I want to do before we wrap this podcast up, a new segment that we've been doing called Rapid Fire Randomness. Okay. I have a random question generator and we're going to just run through a few of these and just as quickly as you can answer them, we'll go with okay. it. Okay. I'm ready. What is more important, love or truth? Truth. If you could have a one week or one week all expenses paid vacation, where would you go? Mexico. If you had to eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, where would you go? Hash House Go Go in Las Vegas. It was the most amazing experience I've ever had with food. I've never been there. I've been to Vegas a handful of times, but it, I, or, I think there's like this. I think it's a chain, but it, okay. it was the most. I, we went back twice because we had like a blueberry pancake that was like this big. Oh wow! And yeah. then we went back again and had like chicken and. Um, like fried chicken and biscuits and gravy and grits and all the kind of bit. And I was just like, what? Yeah. It was just the most amazing food experience. Yep. That's all right. I'm going to have to, <laughs> next time I'm out there, I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Definitely. I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What do you do to relax? Scuba diving. Yep. That's walking the dog. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, if your personality was a musical instrument, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Probably. 
I'm going to say acoustic guitar because that's kind of who I am, me and my acoustic guitar. Nice. And yeah. two more questions. Who is your first celebrity crush? <gasps> Crikey, that's a hard one. I don't think I actually know or remember. I've got a terrible memory, Tom. That's what half my problem is. Um, probably Johnny Depp when I was very young. Sure. Yeah. And then final question, where do you want to be in an hour? In an hour, I yes. would like to be uh, eating some food because I didn't have lunch today. Okay. Very so, good. yeah, I, I kind of had breakfast late, so I thought I'm going to skip lunch and then have an early dinner. And then I'm desperately trying to rewatch Stranger Things nice. at the moment, ready for the new series coming out next yeah. Friday. So I think some food and on the sofa watching Stranger Things with the dog, I think. Nice. That's all. I've never got into Stranger Things, but people tell me I need to. But I also have like four other series that I need to catch up on. So it's like, I don't even yeah. know where to. I didn't get into it to begin with. I was like a second attempt and I kind of fell in love with it. I think I was just off the back of a really long binge watch of another series when I started it. Mm -hmm. So I was never going to enjoy it. Yeah. Second time, second time got me straight away. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. I really enjoyed this conversation. You're welcome back on any time. Oh, to, thank you for having me. Feel free it's to been, reach I out. I didn't realize the time. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to reach out or have Rachel reach out and uh, we can get you set up. Or if some September ends up working out, uh, maybe I'll see you at the. Hopefully, the, uh, that'll be so festival. much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one more time, uh, what are your uh, social media handles for anyone I out am there listening? at Celine Ellis Music on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you want to talk to me on Twitter, please bear with me. It might take me a while to reply, but it's Celine underscore music. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out. It was an absolute blast. Really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you're listening to us right now on Twitch, make sure you give us a follow. We're, we're trying to build our following here over on Twitch as it is our new home for the live stream portion of the podcast. Um, and if you want to interact with us in general on social media, live, the letter N, Amplified, uh, Facebook, Twitch, or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, pretty much anywhere and everywhere. It's live, letter N, Amplified, and that's where you can find us. We'd really appreciate you to swing by, come hang out, give the podcast a listen, you know, whatever you're into. We, we, we work with all sorts of independent musicians. We got you covered. But once again, thank you all for hanging out with us. Celine, thank you once again for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having we me. Really appreciate you, and uh, we will see you all tomorrow.